Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our lesson this morning is the Shema, Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, verses four through nine. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you're at home and when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You remember Reverend Michael Cloud talked to us Sunday about the Shema and about it summing up the Jewish law. Twice a day they recited this. In the morning when they rose, at night when they closed their eyes to rest. It wasn't the entirety of the law, but it summed up the law. And it was so important that even Jesus, when asked which is the greatest commandment, Jesus answered, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. It sums it up. It puts it in a compressed form that you can carry with you and live out. We start a sermon series this summer on the Apostles' Creed. We recited it earlier in the worship service. It's not the entirety of our faith. It's not the entirety of Scripture, but it sums it up. It encapsulates it so that we can carry it with us so that it can become a part of our belief system. Since 110 A.D., in some form or fashion, the Apostles' Creed has existed and been used as part of church liturgy and worship. In the ancient church, the confirmands would come and they would present themselves for a period of study and reflection. Often, confirmation lasted up to three years, with the elders and the leaders of the church instructing the confirmands and praying for the confirmands. On the eve of Easter, there was a prayer vigil, an all-night prayer vigil for the confirmands. They would present themselves at dawn for baptism. And the ancient church taught you had to be baptized in running water. So they would gather at a creek bank or a river bank 
And the elder of the church would ask them, do you believe in God? And their response was, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And do you believe in Jesus Christ? Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. And on the third day, he rose again. Confirmand would then be invited to come into the waters. He or she would be baptized. They would walk out of the waters and they would be handed a new white robe and invited to take a drink of milk and honey, symbolizing their entry into God's kingdom and to the church's promised life. The Apostles' Creed became, became for them the basis, the foundation upon which their faith and their life was built. They weren't just words recited at the proper time. It was how their faith was formed. Still in the Methodist hymnal, Right there on page 35, the baptismal covenant. There it is. Do you believe in God the Father? The congregation responds, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Still today, the words of the Apostles' Creed form the basis of our faith. I believe in God. What radical words in the face of the culture in which we live. I don't have a a philosophical understanding of God. I don't have an opinion of God. I believe in God. And this belief in God has transformed and changed the way I live. This belief in God, this positive affirmation that we believe in God, the Father Almighty, is countercultural to a world that says you can pretty much believe anything you want to believe just as long as you believe it with sincerity it's countercultural it's different today at two o'clock there is an NCAA sanctioned intercollegiate athletic endeavor here in Ruston the vast majority The vast majority. We're going to be talking about how about them dogs. But there are three of us walking the halls of this church. They're countercultural. We're whispering. Roll Tide. (laughs) You see the difference? Countercultural. Going against the majority. And when you speak the words of the Apostles' Creed in worship, you are going against the tide. You are going against the majority. The question I have is, does the Apostles' Creed form the basis, the foundation of your faith and your walk with Jesus Christ? I believe. Those words, I believe, have a lot hanging on them. 
The gospel writers record what happened with Jesus and the disciples as they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration. They came to the disciples and saw a great crowd around them and some of the scribes arguing with them. Then the whole crowd saw him, Jesus. They were immediately overcome with awe and they ran forward to greet him and he asked, what are you arguing about with them? Some answered him, teacher, I brought you my son and he has a spirit that makes him unable to speak and whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. Can you imagine the heartache of this father? A child born like this and a father's love to see his his son made whole to see his son not suffering anymore. So he came to Jesus, his disciples, with hope they could do nothing. Jesus answered them, you faithless generation, how much longer but must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And they brought the boy to him. And the spirit does its thing. It immediately convulses the boy and he falls on the ground and rolls around and foams at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you're able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes All things can be done for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's pretty much where you and I reside. We believe. We've been taught this. We've sung about it. We've studied it. We've experienced it together in worship there's a part of us that believes but there's another part of us that doubts and we want to believe more deeply because we know that we live in a world that we need a belief system that is strong we need a belief system upon which we can build our lives and our faith and our hope and Jesus honored this man's honesty I believe Help the part of me that doesn't by healing the boy. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. That means my life is built on a firm foundation. That whatever storms might come, whatever winds might blow. There is something strong underneath my life. You are in a long procession of Christians who have affirmed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. You are in a long procession of Christians who have lived this hope and lived this faith. There is tucked away in your United Methodist hymnal 
the experience and the expression of one man's faith. Thomas Dorsey was a jazz pianist until God's Spirit got a hold of him. And he started attending church and singing in church, and he started writing gospel songs for church. He lived in Chicago, Illinois. And in August of 1932, a church in St. Louis called him down and, and wanted him to lead the singing for revival services. And he was down in St. Louis, and he left his wife, Nettie, in Chicago, very pregnant. He was singing in St. Louis, and he would sing in the service, and the applause was such that he couldn't sit down. He'd have to sing another song, and they, they figured out the louder they applauded, the more he would sing. And he kept singing and kept singing, and finally, they let him sit down. And about the time he sat down on the platform, a Western Union boy ran up to him with that yellow sheet of paper and handed him a telegraph that read, your wife just died. Tommy Dorsey got back to Chicago as soon as he could and he wrote he was torn between joy and despair because his wife was dead, but his son, his brand new newborn son, was very much alive. But the night he arrived back in Chicago, the baby boy died. Dorsey said he went into this dark place he didn't want anything else to do with God. He didn't want anything else to do with the church. He just wanted to go back to his old life of being a jazz pianist and singing some of that jazz. His heart had been broken and he could certainly sing it with power now. But one of his friends, a Professor Fry, about a week later, grabbed Tommy Dorsey up and took him to a place where there were just a bunch of pianos for music students to play on. Nobody was in the room. And he sat Dorsey down. And Dorsey fingered out the music. It became a hymn you're familiar with. And after he played the music, the words just came. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. When my way grows drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry. Hear my call. Hold my hand, lest I fall. When the darkness appears, when the night draws near, 
The day is past and gone. At the river I stand. Guide my feet. Hold my hand. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. He knew God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Your radical, countercultural affirmation is that I believe in God the Father Almighty. This Almighty God is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think. This Almighty God is the creation of all that is. This Almighty God watches over his creation and is intimately involved in his creation. This God Almighty invites us to call him Father. What I will unpack over these next weeks are all the relationship statements in the Apostles' Creed. Because when you really look at it, the relationships are there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There are relationships with other members of the Trinity. There is the relationship that God has with us, that Christ has with us, with what the Holy Spirit engages us in. There is the relationship that this creed has with creation and with all of the cosmos. Church tradition says that the disciples were sitting around one day and Jesus said, what do you believe? And every one of the 12 disciples popped out one sentence that became the Apostles' Creed. Most likely the Apostles' Creed developed as the liturgy related to baptism. Most certainly some of the early Christians who were asked, what do you believe? They said, I believe in God the Father Almighty, lost their lives as the result of their belief statement. You and I have been sharing this creed for all these years. It wasn't written by a church council. It isn't a faith that is demanded of us. It is the words that express the faith that the early church had. Most likely, the Apostles' Creed came from folks that you and I now call the laity. And it is the most ancient and the most basic. And it reminds us of the relationship you and I have with Christ Jesus and with each other. We believe That's why we come to this table this morning. We believe that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. We believe that in the bread and the cup, and in taking the bread and the cup, we participate in this act of redemption. 
that through Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. And through him, we're called to and invited to new life. Brothers and sisters, we participate in ancient activities, but they sustain us and help us live in the world in which we are called to live and move and have our being. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.